Hi everyone, welcome to Hubshots, episode 237. In this episode, we talk about Facebook versus Australia follow-up, HubSpot marketing tasks, HubSpot task permissions, and proactive versus reactive marketing. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot-focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks and strategies for growing your service, sales, and marketing results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I'm um, well, Ian. Good to be back for another week and back in the news. That's right. And tell us more. What has happened, Craig? All right. So since we recorded last week, and by the way, I know listeners, by the time you listen to this, it's yet almost another week after we've recorded because we're recording on Monday, the 1st of March. By the way, happy new month, Ian. Start of a new month and a new season. That's right. A new season, Craig. Autumn for us in Australia. That's right. And so by the time you're listening to this, listeners, it's uh, Friday. And so this will be old news by then. But I thought it was important to follow up the Facebook news debacle that happened last week and the week before. And since our last episode, Australia and Facebook have come to an agreement. And that was after, and I can't make, you can't make this stuff up, Ian, but after Facebook requested some amendments to the legislation and uh, the Australian government put in some amendments and you know what the amendments were? They were effectively that the legislation didn't apply to Facebook. (laughs) I'm not serious. It's just ridiculous. But of course, then both sides got to save face and the Australian government looks like, oh, look what we've, you know, brokered. And it's just like, anyway, it's ridiculous. Got some good links in the show notes about good summaries from Lehman Lab and, and other places. I don't think anyone's really come out looking good from this. But what I want to do is turn this into a teachable moment, as people would say, and look at it. What can we learn from this? And in particular for marketing managers, what does this mean we should be changing and proactively looking at fixing? So how can we look at this positively? And I think if we look back to what we chatted about last week, we're saying don't build your house on rented land. That was the biggest message. Hopefully for some marketing managers, this has really exposed them. They've gone like, oh, we were actually exposed by this. I think the key takeaway from this whole situation is marketing managers look at their marketing strategy for the year and highlight all the risk items. What are the potential areas where we're exposed? Okay, Facebook, we're relying on Facebook for organic or paid. You know, you can lose your Facebook account. Well, quite often they get disabled for no good reason. Finally, you get through to someone from That's support right. and three weeks later, oh, sorry, a mistake, they re-enable it. That's an exposure point. Google algorithm changes, all these different things. So have a look through your strategy and it's probably not only strategy, it's really the tactical channels. Yep quickly go through them and do a risk assessment. I think that's the takeaway from this. And then you can proactively look at minimizing your risk for the remainder of the year. That's an excellent, Craig. Now, talking about minimizing our risk, there are more ways to get HubShot show notes, Craig. That's right. So, of course, you should go to hubshots.com slash subscribe and sign up to get our in-depth show notes, which also includes bonus links we don't get to go through on the show. By the way, send it to your friends. We'd love you to share this around. In fact, this is one of my goals this year. I really want to grow our email list. That's right. And But the other thing that we've done is we've created a HubShots show notes Twitter account. So we've had the HubShots Twitter account for ages since the start, which just really announces when new episodes are available. So we try to keep that very clean. Way back when we did post a lot of stuff there, but we're trying to keep it really clean now. Created a new account which is just for all the show notes. So basically anything that we link to in the show, 
we post on Twitter almost just as a kind of a feed of anything that's in the show notes. So if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed or you don't want to subscribe to the email, that's fine, but you still want a reference, oh, what were those links? I don't want to go to the blog post and find it. Just go to that uh, Twitter account. And it's twitter.com slash shots hub. Not twitter.com slash hub shots, which is our main account. It's twitter.com slash shots hub. See what I did there? Just reversed it around. That's Hopefully right. that's easy to, <laughs> to remember. Go there. By the way, we have zero followers as of the time of recording. And the only place I'm going to announce this is on the show. So listeners, I'd love to love you to go and follow. I'd, I'd really like to see how many listeners follow up. So you know what's interesting? You say there are zero. I'm looking at the account right now, Craig, and we have three. No, no, that's three accounts we're following. Oh, we're following. Because I'm following HubSpot. Apologies. Yes. <laughs> I got but, excited. But You're got, right, it is zero followers. Zero followers. Even I'm not following it. It's zero followers, Correct. right? Because yep. I just want to see how many of our listeners will go and follow it. Please do, and we'll follow you back. By the way, old school encouragement, you know how they used to say, oh, follow me, I'll follow you back. Follow us listeners, we'll follow you back <laughs> on the Hub Show. <laughs> and, if you, and, and if you got something good, we'll retweet it because we'll probably end up on Absolutely. the show. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And now, listeners, we've got a few quick shots of the week, and there is the usual product update video for February that has just landed, so I encourage you to look at that. It's a good overview of what's happening in HubSpot. And the second one is HubSpot's social Chrome extension, and it's surprisingly good, Craig. I've had this on and off, but I'm using it again now. I can, well, that's how I'm doing the HubSpot show notes. It is better than it used to be, and so after I saw you'd put this in, I... I actually had to reinstall it on Chrome, but yeah, it was fantastic. It's a good experience. All right, onto our HubSpot marketing feature of the week, Craig, and we're talking about marketing tasks. Apparently, this is new, Ian. I know. I find that hard to believe. Maybe it looks new, Craig. New interface, but they're announcing it as new. I know. Marketing tasks. Anyway, by the way, in terms of announcing something new, they've managed to hide it well. They have, haven't so they? So it's under marketing, the marketing menu. Then you go planning and strategy. Then you go to the campaigns tool. And then it's a tab on the campaigns tool. <laughs> so you get to marketing tasks. By the way, they're very basic. Originally, when they announced this, I thought, oh, well, sales tasks, they've really been revamping that. It's, you know, it's really Correct, good now. Yeah. And you can have views and all this kind of thing. But then marketing tasks, I don't know, what, what is this? Like the, the poor forgotten child. child that, you know. Anyway, maybe they've got big plans for it. I guess it's got the new interface. So that's it does. good. It is good. And, you know, but. It's not new. And, and in the no, screenshot- we used to have the tasks in the calendar, didn't we? Yeah. 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 So, I don't know why this is new. Maybe it's- Maybe it's bringing into line with all the other tasks that we're seeing. It's the new experience, Correct. maybe. Yeah, marketing tasks. Or maybe, maybe they, they used to have just tasks and then they created sales tasks. And that's, of course, everyone talks about tasks and thinks in the sales mindset. Exactly. Now, marketing tasks is new. What's old is new again, Ian. That's right, Craig. All right, our HubSpot sales feature of the week, and this is to do with task permissions. And this is going to bring everything into line with deals and tickets in terms of being able to manage who can see which tasks. And this is in the role settings for people. Well, it actually can be users as well, users or roles. I've got a screenshot in a role because we set up roles in our um, portal. I think from the backgrounds that we come from, we're used to talking about roles and users. When I talk to people often, they don't understand what a role is and they understand what a user is. So let's just take a step back and explain why we would want to set up roles mm. and then set up users within roles. Yeah, right. Okay. 
Do you want me to do that? Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Okay, so if you think about a user, you could go to an individual user. And say you've got someone new on your team, individual, you go to their user account, you set their specific permissions. Now, because they're new, you don't want to give them access to everything. So you just want a cut down version. Oh, they can view this, view this. Oh, they have full access to that, but they only view that. And it's kind of like, oh, great. I've set that all that up. Oh, gee, I wish I could just copy that set of permissions to someone else, create a template of it or something like that. Oh, I know. That person, why don't we say they're new? Oh, that's their role. New person role. That's what roles are. So then there's a new tab on uh, the settings where you can just go for a role, create all those permissions. So it's like a template of permissions. And then you go to the user, instead of going through and manually setting all the permissions for that user, you just set their role and they inherit all those permissions. Very handy. We have about five in our portal. That's right. So let's say generally when we look at roles, we might have a role within marketing. So you've got like a digital coordinator role. You might have a couple of roles within sales, possibly, depending on what sales, how they're structured. You might also have an admin role. So people that are looking after service and support. So these are probably good places to start. And anybody else that has access to the system and probably has site-wide access probably have super admin access that people are aware of. But it's a really good place to start to set this up because as you grow, you will make sure that you're not you're giving access appropriately and not inappropriately. Yeah, and we actually also have a role called basically view only or uh, actually I've just forgotten what we call it, but it's the minimal perm- permissions because if someone leaves our company, Correct. we don't delete them out of the portal. We actually keep them there, but we set all their permissions effectively to zero. Yes. The reason we do that is because then when you see some assets, you know, see a workflow or who it was created by or this email, instead of seeing, oh, user no longer exists or whatever, you still see their name, but they've got no permissions. They, If they logged in, they couldn't actually do anything. So that's a nice little role. It's almost part of our exit checklist for people when they leave. Yeah. So I do want to bring up something else, Craig, is, is just as we have a way to have these roles for onboarding people. Offboarding is also really important. And then what you do with those people or the those users once they've offboarded. So making sure you've got your team set up correctly and even people that own contacts and what do you do with them? How do you reassign them? Have a process in place because you can get caught out. Say, for example, you often send emails from a contact owner and those contacts have left. If you don't know that or understand that, you could be sending emails from people that are not a part of the business any longer. That's a very good point, yes. So this is really important and that's why we are talking about it. All right, on to our HubSpot Academy course of the week, Craig, and this is digital advertising. So it's called digital advertising, but when you look into it further, it's a digital advertising 101, how to develop a winning online advertising strategy. And this is a new course in the Academy. And this, listeners, even if you are not a part of HubSpot, you can still do this. It's a it's a free certification. And you'll learn everything you need to create customer-centric advertising strategy, including journey-based advertising, very important, bidding and targeting strategies, paid search, social media advertising, programmatic reporting, and more. So it does cover a very wide breadth of topics but very important in today's landscape. All right, on to our HubSpot gotcha of the week, Craig. You know how the HubSpot are always improving and consolidating and simplifying things? That's right. So in workflows, you add an action in workflows and you used to be able to choose, oh, create deal, create ticket, create whatever. That's right. Then consolidate that. That's now called the create record action. Anyway, 
just a little gotcha because I was like, oh, you know, where we, is we, it? We, we were probably going, I can't create a deal from work work. What's going on? Oh no, if I lost functionality, what's happening? Is my life, you know, I had this mini little <laughs> you know, your mini meltdown there, little, Craig. Little moment of panic. I was like, what's going on? My brain wasn't, you know, <laughs> it does not compute. What's going on? Anyway, create record. It could have been there for ages and I haven't realized the end, but yeah. And I think, listeners, why this is happening is more and more you are able to execute and do things in a workflow. And so we're finding them coming up on the menu. So this menu is getting quite large now. So I think they're now at a stage where they're trying to see, well, how can we minimize this or make it easier to take people through the process of creating the record and doing it in a meaningful way where we don't lose things. I think this is right. They're, they are streamlining because they've got big plans for all these workflow actions. You and I are part of the beta. We can't mention some of them, but some of the things they've got coming exactly. in workflows, yep. fantastic. Very exciting. That's right. All right. On to our marketing tip of the week. And this is something relatively new from Google. And it's a video series with marketing experts, Craig. And we were watching one with Gordon Ramsay, weren't we? And so what they really say, that they say it's Google leaders and industry experts share insights that businesses need to know now. That's how it was phrased. And what are the latest trends and how are companies adapting? And so there's quite a few videos there. So if you want to learn more and just broaden your horizon, it's a great place to start. I'll just make a comment on this because I saw it and I thought like, oh, Gordon Ramsay, what am I going to learn from him about marketing, right? This is just... Yeah, I went in with low expectations. What does he talk about? YouTube, of course. Cooking and YouTube, the way he's using YouTube. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is, it's really good. And then we started talking about fry pans, didn't we, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> These are the big topics. <laughs> fry pans and why handles on fry pans people use have to – oh, they're hot, in essence, on a – Cast iron fry pan. Cast iron, that's it. Cast that's right. I was trying to remember what the good fry pans are. Cast iron. See, I learned that today. That's right. And I gave Craig an explanation as to why they need, you need something to hold them when they're hot. <laughs> All right. On to inside of the week, Craig, proactive versus reactive marketing health. All right. I've been thinking about this topic for the last couple of weeks and you've been helping me come through with these thoughts, but... Uh, proactive versus reactive marketing. I'll just take a little aside and talk about, you know, in real life, as they say. If you think about any physical health, you can have uh, proactive and reactive. So proactive, you go to the gym, reactive, Correct. I've got a pain, I'll go to the doctor. And that's great, physical health. By the way, mental health, similar. Mm. You can be proactive Correct. about your mental health. Yes. Or reactive, you know, if you've got underlying conditions. Interestingly, though, mental health often has stigma attached to it, even if you're proactive. Yes. Versus physical health, which is praised. So, and we know this in business as well, right? You, you get health insurance. You'd say, oh, I've got a gym membership. They give you a discount on your health. Yep. You say, oh, I'm actually proactively going and seeing a psychologist. Oh, that's a no-no, mm. uh, especially on insurance. So it's kind of weird that there's not encouragement to proactively improve mental health like there is physical health. But anyway, that's a digression. What were you going to say about that? No, you just reminded me. My wife was telling me about people being able to have a, actually have a mental health day, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so it is being normalized is a being, little, yes. yeah. but nowhere near enough. Correct. And I know, well, yeah. That's all right. So tell us about marketing, so, Craig. But anyway, getting back to proactive versus reactive. I feel, and, and this is something I'm still thinking through. So listeners, I love your feedback on this. I think just like we can attach stigma to some health issues, we can attach stigma to some marketing activities that we do. 
And there are things that kind of get praised, you know, bright, shiny new objects and a new channel comes out, oh, TikTok or Clubhouse or whatever it is, and people can jump on those. That's the fun stuff. And it's it's often praised. Oh, yeah, let's check out. We've got to, we've got to check out that channel. But the stuff that doesn't get praised is diving into and investigating why things don't work. There's many examples, but that's the one I'll, I'll talk about here. And I feel I'm guilty of falling into this trap because we talk about, oh, test and measure. And I've said many times to customers, we test and measure, and then we double down on what works. That's right. And we abandon what doesn't. I'm now rethinking that because I think for a certain set of customers and for ourselves, there's a good reason why we should be actually investigating why didn't it work. And that's hard work. It's often boring and there's a bit of a grind to it. Agreed. Digging into the data, analyzing, working out was there intense stuff behind it. Why didn't it work? And that's what the stigma is attached to because often doesn't immediately result in improvements, can take time. Yes. And the other thing is you often get associated with that failure. That's you right. Know, you come in and you're kind of like, oh, I'm actually going to check why this didn't work. Why didn't that landing page convert? Oh, you're now suddenly associated with that thing that didn't work, which mm. is never good for your career kind of yep. thing. So I guess what I want to do is just highlight this issue and also reflect on the fact that I fall into that trap myself. Yes. We do have to control our perception with clients and be seen to be actually getting results, of course. But I think there's this underlying, sometimes foundational marketing work that we can investigate, unlock why it didn't work and improve. And I guess that's what I'm talking about. Rather than just the reactive, there's the proactive need to go in to look at. So that's what I'm, uh, I guess I'm trying to highlight and think through and look for ways that we as marketers can actually do that well. I couldn't agree more. I was having a chat with somebody today that uh, was looking at different agencies. And one of their comments to me was, oh, we're doing this currently. We're running this campaign, but we're not getting what we want. But my question would have been, well, my question was to them was, well, do we know why before shooting the people that are running the campaign? And that happens to all of us, right? We're all being in the same boat. There are things that I haven't been able to solve for, for weeks, you know, and sometimes pull my hair out. Not that I've got much hair to pull out, but it is an interesting cycle. And just to understand that how important it is to actually work through the process and find what's there to then get the result that we want and take away that stigma. And I think maybe one of the things that I've learned through that process is actually communicating well to our customers while that's happening which is something we haven't done well. And it's something that I've actually really tried to change in what we're doing because that has been a point that we've always failed. I'll give you a few more examples. Yeah. While I was just thinking. So reactive versus proactive. So reactive, oh, the website's gone down. Oh, quick, everyone, all, all hands on deck. We've got to fix this kind of thing. You know what proactive was? Oh, someone looking at load balancing and checking that it didn't go down. Exactly. No praise for that person. Oh, gee, they're wasting time over there. Reactive, but the people that fixed the website went down over the weekend. Oh, we worked all through the night, got it up. Oh, praise to these guys. Well done, guys. No, no, it's it's totally <laughs> out of odds. And the other thing um, that you'll often see along those lines is when a campaign goes really well, yeah, they get the praise. And then let's say something stops, like um, they get banned from Facebook. So they react. They've got to react to do that. Oh, Oh, well, they very quickly adapted. So reactive gets the praise. Whereas if someone, like we said in shot one right at the start, they're actually proactively looking, where are we exposed? How are we protecting against that? That person, it's kind of like, oh, no disaster happened. Oh, well, what a waste of time planning for that. 
Yeah, so this brings me to an important point about disaster recovery, right? And I've done disaster recovery in my previous roles. And what's really interesting is the amount of effort it takes to plan to make sure that something doesn't happen. Or if something does happen, what are the steps we're going to take to keep business running, right? So even the little simplest of things I would say, listeners, is understanding when you are working, for example, do you have a backup internet? That's one of the biggest things that I find people don't have or they don't understand how how they're going to use their documents. And so the simplest thing is like, make sure you've got a mobile internet device. You might have to pay for it every month, a small amount, but it's that insurance policy that keeps you working, right? And that's just one of the simplest things. And it's, again, with HubSpot as well. I always tell people, they're like, oh, it's like maybe hosting is really expensive, but then A, I don't have to worry about speed. I don't have to worry about security. I don't have to worry about people hacking the website. There are so many benefits in having sure your infrastructure is in place. Mm. And just like anything, it's about being proactive, right? Absolutely. And you know, the best example I can think of proactive versus reactive, were you around when they were coding for Y2K? Yes. So back in Y2K, I think that's the best planned proactive yes. prevention of an issue happening. And because I was involved in that back, you know, I knew where as well, coding in the day, yeah, fixing all these old legacy systems. And I remember, nothing to do with marketing folks, but just talking about proactive versus reactive to the extreme. And then when nothing went wrong, planes weren't falling out of the sky, you know, system banks, systems didn't go down. Everyone said, oh, what a waste of time that was. You know, <laughs> this is the irony of it. No, it was actually the best example of proactively making sure a problem didn't happen. All right, on to HubShot's throwback of the week, Craig. And a year ago, HubSpot was releasing an update to sequences, which they referred to as advanced sequences, as well as a new interface and the ability to add a bulk and roll, which is fantastic, up to 50 contacts at a time, and increasing the daily send limits. They also added a sender score report to encourage responsible sending, <laughs> which is funny, isn't it? Responsible sending. Here we go. All right, we've got some resources of the week, Craig. Yep, I haven't read them, but they they look good, link to it. And if you get the show notes, you'll see there's some excellent resources there. Now, on to our quote of the week, Craig. <laughs> the quote of the week. And so, just for the lols, this is a quote for the HubSpot growth starter suite. And thanks to Sarah at HubSpot for showing. <laughs> hey, shout out to Sarah. So, you know the bundle builder? Have you seen? Yes. With the I, growth? I, had, I hadn't actually seen Or maybe I hadn't. I'd forgotten about it. But you can build your own bundle. Correct. It's really good. So you start with a growth suite, which they've reduced to some ridiculous price. I know they did that a year starter or so ago. Suite. Yeah, start a growth suite. It's down to really very It's basically affordable. pay for one and get the rest included. Yeah, it's really good. And you can build your bundle. So there's your quote. And you know what? One thing they've done, they have consistently, because I look at this almost on a weekly basis when I'm talking to people, they have consistently made improvements on this tool, let's say, for pricing. Because today I discovered, you know, they were selling services in there. And again, I've got to take my hats off. They're constantly looking at what's working, what's not, and how to improve things. So well done to HubSpot. All right. And there is in the show notes, a machine learning course. And we haven't done this, listeners, but in our Google training that we've done, they're often talked about it and it's, it's from Google. So if you are trying to understand more about how Google's operating with ads, it's really good to do and how it's treating ads. I, I think every marketer should be across this. Correct. You don't have to be technical. It's not like you're coding it, but you need to understand machine learning. All right, listeners, thank you for listening to this episode. Again, sign up to the show notes at hubshots.com 
slash subscribe. And until next week, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.